Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Trying to go live Facebook again. Is this live on Facebook? I don't know if it's working. I use third-party software on Facebook to get the questions up, but I'm um, beginning to wonder whether I should be doing that. If they anyway, hey ho. Um. So, what? I've got no sound. Don't give me that. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Play test sound. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So, um, it's stargazer. I would say two stone weight loss would be considerable. Yes, I would. Cons I would consider that considerable. But having said that, it is very variable, and you can have some people who have significant pregnancies, significant weight loss. And the skin recoils and they look great and they don't have stretch marks and they look fantastic and they look brilliant and you have some people who have quite modest weight loss and have just one pregnancy and they have considerable skin um, uh, laxity and stretch marks etc so it is everyone's different how they how they are affected by weight loss but yes in the answer to your question i would consider two stone to be a considerable weight loss and if you were considering a two stone weight loss i would um defer surgery until you've lost your weight you, you're not live on Facebook. Well, I thought I was. Oh, I am. Fabulous. Julie. Oh, I am. Am I live now? Was I not live before then? What I've been doing for the last 20 minutes? I thought I was live. I've been live on Instagram. Right. Okay. I do put this on a podcast. That's going to really mess up the podcast because those first 20 minutes are gone. Anyway, I have to weave some magic on it. Um, Ollie is at number nine got no sound now it's back thank you so much there are so many options it's not saying you are live you aren't live on facebook or youtube no still i can confirm mercury is not in retrograde okay can't blame it on that susie i'm five months post-op tt and my scar is amazing in some places not noticeable at all skin needling works so well after 12 months if needed sorry susie i should have mentioned skin needling because i know you're a fan so yes skin needling might help um the scar in terms of maturation so um again not it's a it's not my area so susie's probably much better placed than me to talk about it so but uh, but yes skin needling there you go for uh, for scars um it's live on facebook now okay well there you go uh, <laughs> no wonder i didn't have any people now we've got loads both of you, well done, you two guys. Thank you very much, Julie et al. Um, uh, for being for being there. It's very much appreciated. I'm sorry you missed the first half, but um, but uh, I thought it was working, but it wasn't. Um, here we go. We've got a question here. Um, thank you, Stargazer. Do we offer removal of a lipoma located below gluteus maximus? Um, well. First thing I would say to you, a person with the gluteus maximus lipoma, is why do you want the lipoma removed? What is the problem? Is it causing you bother? Because um, 
that's, that's exhibit A because it's a difficult area and it's gonna there's lots of structures in there, not least the sciatic nerve uh, in that area, which we would worry about. So that's exhibit A. Exhibit B, in answer to your question, yes. I mean, we would take lipomas off any part of the body. Um, I think I can safely say that. Obviously, the fibrous papule, I um, preface that with anus and eyeball. Um, for areas we perhaps wouldn't take a fibrous papule off. I don't know if you can get a fibrous papule of your, of your, uh, of your, certainly your eyeball. I'm not sure, maybe, but if you can, probably wouldn't be messing with that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things about plastic surgeons, they do remove lumps and stuff from pretty much any part of the body. So yeah, yeah, on paper we could yes remove a lipoma from. Uh, but but it depends what you mean by below the gluteus maximus. If you mean the deep to the gluteus maximus, therefore you've had a scan, and I would suggest you do have a scan if you've got um, a lipoma in that area, particularly if it's not obviously right underneath the skin, that, that you do get scanned because that tells you how where it is because they can be very deep. Um, and so that might suggest you have to go through gluteus maximus to get the lipoma, and therefore I would suggest pr probably... Um, that would require a general uh, general anaesthetic. Um, but if it's a significant lipoma and it's causing you bother, yes, I'm sure we could remove it, is the answer to that question. Um, but it would be a little bit tricky because of the location and the structures in the area. So we would want some imaging prior to that uh, and a discussion about whether it would be worth doing. But um, yeah, that would be possible. Do we offer laser a tattoo laser removal no we don't we get a lot of uh, inquiries for tattoo removal if i was at home i could show you the daily mail that i was in yeah you heard me last week was it or week before yeah um doing a tattoo excision so we do tattoo removal by excision but having said that we always tell everybody that uh, tattoo for um tattoo removal laser tattoo removal is the first line uh, of of treatment um, so try laser first, but we don't do laser. If laser doesn't work or for whatever reason you, you don't uh, want to or can't have laser treatment, then you could consider excision. But I've got to be honest, the majority of patients we see are not suitable. Um, either the size or the location of the tattoo uh, is not suitable for excision. Uh, Julie, you found me. Yes, you found me. Julie, did you ask about the result of your face and neck? Because I've, I've talked about that earlier, but I don't think it was working. So I will talk about it again if uh, that was you. Uh, I'm not happy with my face, neck, lift, and blefts. Can you offer any advice? My treatment was on 30th of June. Was that you? Um, I thought I was on Facebook, but I, yes, I did. Oh, it was you. Okay, right. Um, right, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I said, Julie. I said it's difficult. The first thing I would say to you is that I am not, I don't do faces, necks, blefts. So it's not my bag. It's not my ting. So it's better off talking to someone who is probably more, um, uh, experienced in that but my my area is breast and body contouring having said that i am a plastic surgeon and i know about this sort of thing so um you know i um what i would say to you julie is this is very difficult because um it is the problem that you've got is a very subjective problem and that's a lot of problems a lot of the stuff that we do in plastic surgery is very subjective it's not like the operations worked or not worked it's not like you know you're trying to fix a broken bone or you're trying to, you know, cut out a tumor or you're trying to, you know, do something where there's a sort of defined end point, you know, re replace a valve or a knee joint, you know, th there's not a defined end point. And this means, uh, and so this is where your problems lie. Your problems lie in your perception of the result. 
I see a lot of good things about the result. I don't, you know, I, I think I know you're not happy. I know you're not happy with the eclatisma, and I know you're not happy with the extent of the of the lift. But the problem with these things is that we're always trying to make it perfect. And I think I'm sure your surgeon was trying to make it perfect. But there's a line. And when we cross that line, when we make it too tight, when we do too much, we cause skin necrosis, we cause problems with blepharoplasty. You take away too much, you can't actually close your eyes. So you can actually go too far with these skin tightening type operations and, and cause problems. And we're, where is that line? You know, And they've obviously not gone far enough with you, but I haven't seen your pre-ops. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's an improvement from pre-op, but you'll say, you'll be like, well, yeah, I know there might be an improvement, but I spent all this money, and I want uh, I want I want it right, which I can totally understand. But I think it's extremely difficult in these circumstances. I'm sure your doctor was trying to make it right. I think you've got to be careful pushing it with things, and really. I can see both sides of it. I can see that you, you know, you had an impression that something um, was going to happen, and it hasn't happened, and that comes down to, and that's something for your doctor and all of us to take on board. It's about how we talk to patients pre-op about what can be achieved and what realistic results you can get, and which way be very careful showing before and afters and stuff, because if you only show brilliant before and afters, and someone gets an average result, and unfortunately most people are going to get an average result. That's a mathematical fact. You know, most people are going to get an average result. Some people are going to get brilliant results. Some of the other people are going to get terrible results. Most people are going to get average results. So I try not to show brilliant results on when I show before and afters. I try and show average results. You know, some scars are quite red still. Some things maybe not 100% because that's probably what you're going to get. If you get better than that, fine. You might get the same as that. You might get worse than that. We're always trying to give everyone the best result possible, but it's just sometimes it doesn't work out. And the thing that I would always say to people is I'm always going to try and fix it if I can. So what I would say, you know, I always say talk, stay close to your surgeon, talk to your surgeon, see if they can fix the eplatisma or what have you or the specific problems you've got. But the other thing I would say to you, Julie, is uh, 30th of June, I think it was, quite early that is. It's a little bit too soon to be thinking about any sort of revision surgery. Three months is the absolute minimum. Six months is a bit more realistic and ideally a year. I know it sounds awful. And a year is sort of what you want to wait um, before you want to start doing stuff because you'd be amazed at how things change and how things soften and mature. And you wouldn't even want to do any surgery in the first few months anyway because it's horrible doing surgery in the first few months post-op. <clears throat> what you got? Yes, I did. Not your ting. Yeah, not, I understand. Platysma muscle wasn't treated. Okay, did he say he was going to treat it and didn't? Yeah, I mean, or he or she, I'm assuming it's he, I don't know, gender neutral, maybe it was he. But yeah, I mean, hmm. I mean, that's a problem. If they, I mean, if they said they're going to treat something and they haven't, then, then I mean, I think most of us are very uh, acute. Well, I don't know. I assume, actually, I don't know. But I assume most, a lot of surgeons are very aware of our reputation. And, you know, to do a little fix to try and maintain our reputation would not be um would not you know would, would be advisable rather than having someone like you know yourself not being happy you'd rather just do something fix no he didn't think he needed to do that okay okay i mean do you know what julie well what, and what's he saying now is he saying oh yeah maybe i did need to do that because you know we can all be wrong quite honestly you can think, 
oh, I don't think I'm going to need to do that. And then you do the surgery and you think, yeah, actually, you were right. I did need to do that. Or does he still think he didn't need to do that? You know, I try and just be open with patients and say, look, yeah, Mikey, I should have done that. Sorry, I'll do it now. Sorry, you need another operation. What can I do to make it right? Um, lot, yeah. Um, oh, look at that. This Facebook's kicked off. Lauren Wilco, can I ask how you measure DR, abdominoplasty? Oh, here we go. DR, right. Diastasis recti. I'm going to catch me out with the abbreviations. Um, how you measure it or how you assess it? Do you mind if I answer a different question? Well, how you measure it? You measure it with a ruler. And the answer to that question is you measure it with a ruler. It's the distance between the recti muscles, the, 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 rec, the recti abdominis muscles are on either side of your um, abdomen, and you measure it with a ruler. But um, And you assess it by getting them to tense the muscles, or you can tense them yourself, lifting your head and shoulders up off the bed, or lift straight leg raise. The muscles tense, and you can feel the gap between them. And you measure it just oops, by measuring the distance. Yeah. Um, oh, here we go. He was a wonderful person, but rushed to consultation. Extremely early days. Yeah, well, not so wonderful. He rushed the consultation, Julie. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, stick with him. Stick with him, Julie, is what I'd say. Chrissy, what you got? Q, nice start. Uh, is there ever a reason to have a scar between the breasts from a breast uplift or FDL? Could huge weight loss be the reason? 200 pounds plus. Yeah, I mean, so you're talking about scar here in the web. That would be um, a reverse abdominoplasty. That, that, that's when the scar meets in the middle. Would be a reverse abdominoplasty if you have a big fold in your upper abdomen. Uh, an FDL, no, but they do a thing. It's got a name where they do a fleur de lis with the taking the top off as well. So you've got like a like an H or, or an I, like a big capital I incision for these massive weight loss patients. Um, so that would give that scar. A breast uplift, no, not not really. I don't can't remember ever joining the scar on a breast uplift. Um, but certainly on an abdominal contouring, whether it be a reverse abdominoplasty or a um um, like a, a fleur de lis with, with the top taken off as well. That would be it. Why are you asking, Chris? It sounds like you've got it and you don't know why you've got it or something. But anyway, yeah, they, they could, they, it could, it's not common to have a scar joining in the middle in the breasts, but there could be reasons for it, is my, is my answer to that question. Oh, it's getting hot in here. Um, do we offer either breast thread lift or vampire breast lift? Uh, no. I don't know if, if, if I mean, double figures on Facebook is smashed it. Facebook is smashing it. Double figures, Facebook, single figures, Instagram. As soon as I've got Facebook working, check it. But I still am impressed with Instagram as well. So I don't want to disrespect Instagram, but awesome. Um, I'll certainly keep in touch with them. Yes, please do, Julie. Yeah. Um, I've I, I got to be honest. Um, the, these. It is another world. The non-surgical world is another world, and I, and I appreciate that world exists. Um, and this is in this non-surgical world, breath, breast lift, vampire breast lift. But I'm not a specialist in it. You know, you might find someone who's a specialist in it will tell you all the science behind it and how brilliant it is and show you some fantastic results. Good luck with that. If you, if you find that person brilliant, well, then give it a go. 
in my view, the problem when you need a breast lift is that you've got too much skin and you need to remove that skin by cutting it out. Bottom line, I can't see of a way of tightening that skin without cutting it out. And that's basically what the non-surgical world is trying to do. It's trying to give collagen back and trying to give the skin back its elasticity so it will re recoil. And I, I haven't seen any compelling uh, results of that. But at the same time, it's not my world, as I say. So if they are doing it with their breast thread lift or their vampire breast lift, then fantastic. I haven't seen it and I don't do it. And, I, and, I, and I'm skeptical, you might tell by my uh, uh, tone. I'm a little bit skeptical about, skeptical about it. Um, uh, here we go. Chrissy Willis, I do. I have a line FDL and breast up the top of the FDL goes up quite high in the cleavage and visible when in a bra. I wasn't sure it would go that high. Yeah. Quite high in the cleat. What? High in the cleavage? So the top of the FDL goes up between your breasts. I mean, most people would stop at the sternum. Stop here. There's if sternum the bottom of the rib cage. Um, yeah, that sounds like it's gone up high, Chrissy. If you're saying it's gone over the over the breastbone, yeah. Um, yeah, that is quite high. Laura Jane Notto keeps breaking up and freezing. Oh, Laura Jane Notto, completely not my fault. I'm at. Um, I wanted to find the best inn in Liverpool and uh I, I found it so i am in the premier inn uh, in liverpool um so if it's breaking up that's because of the wi-fi you could argue i could have gone to the um whatever it's called wi-fi premium uh for five pounds but i chose not to do that so i'm on stand <laughs> so that's probably why it's breaking up you gotta be honest it wasn't working at all laura earlier so breaking up and freezing I guess it's a benefit from not working at all, but uh, apologies for that. Um, hope it's Chrissy. That's sounds unusual. To have it going up the sternum. That's well, I'd, I'd have to see pre-op photos unless unless the the, the 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 thing was too wide. Is it too wide? I can't I can't imagine why they put the scar up there, Chrissy. To be honest with you. Um, sorry, I know it's not your fault. Just letting you know, if I don't have FDL with lots of loose skin, horizontal and vertical, will I have loose skin with an extended tummy tuck, please? Um, no, it's okay. I don't have to say sorry. Um, no, it's fine here. Not sure if it's a problem at your angel. I haven't got a problem at all, Junie. I I can't. Yeah, I'm fine at my end. Um, I know. So, sorry. If I... If I don't have an FDL with lots of loose skin, horizontal and vertical, will I have loose skin with an extended tummy tuck? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the majority of the loose skin, uh, Laura, is in a in a in a horizontal way, and that's what a tummy tuck will do. It takes out the, the skin in an up down way. It, it takes the the um, the fleurly then takes it in a side to side way and helps improve the waist but it does give a scar which as i say doesn't normally go that high up into the breast but it usually goes up quite high on your abdomen so it kind of looks like you've had a abdominal surgery it might look like you've had a 
laparotomy. So you might want, not want to show your abdomen in public. So I'm a bit skeptical, or not skeptical is the wrong word. I'm, 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 I'm wary about the FDL and I warn everybody about that scar. It does take out more skin, but it does give more unsightly scarring and more risk of wound breakdown. Um, so it's always a balance. You you know, less scarring is good because it's less scarring, but it's bad because it doesn't take out as much skin. Balance between how much skin you take out and how much scarring you give. That's why it needs consultation, really. That's why, you know, I do what I can, but yeah. But, um, okay. Hi, I'm interested in breast lift. However, I have a lump under my armpit, which has been confirmed as excess breast tissue. Could this be removed at the same time? Or would the liposuction get rid of this? Yes, uh, MBJ on Instagram. It could be removed at the same time. Uh, it's very common. It's called accessory breast tissue. Um, and it's just here. You have a lump fullness here, usually on both sides. Um, it's called accessory breast tissue. And yeah, you could, um, liposuction is normally basically the treatment of it. You could excise it, but you'd only get a scar. You want to hide this guy in the armpit, but the accessory breast tissue usually comes out quite far here. So you 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 don't want to give a scar in that area. So um, lipo, usually the balance is you go with liposuction, but it might leave a bit of redundant skin and you sort of accept that. Because if you've done a scar, that might be a bit more obvious, you know, especially on both sides. You don't want a scar on both sides, that can look unsightly. But uh, yeah, and that could be done at the time of your breast lift, but it would have to be um, specifically stated because it wouldn't be an integral part of a breast lift it would have to be sort of um asked for chrissy i'm based in liverpool so am i today up the um reds is it the reds what are liverpool people called anyway yeah okay second question why are surgeons reluctant to move excess skin from calves because not many people have excess skin on their calves chrissy Excess skin on the cars. I've got, an, I've got a question in a minute. In fact, my next question, Chrissy, is funnily enough, is do we offer liposuction to the calves? Um, and like I said earlier, any time you, any plastic surgeons can work on any part of the body. So if you say, can you do liposuction to the calves? Well, that is that a part of the body? Well, yeah. So can we do it? Yeah, we can. So can we stick a liposucker into the calves? Yes, we can. Would you do liposuction to the calves? Well, no, to be quite frank. No, I wouldn't. There's not a huge amount of space, um, excess subcutaneous fat on the calves. So it's very difficult to contour the calves with liposuction in my hands. So I would find it very difficult to make that the, the calves contoured because I would worry about doing too much or do too little. And you've got very little subcutaneous fat. You've got a much lower margin for error. In other areas, hips, flanks, um, you've got a lot more of a margin for error because there's often... Um, significant subcutaneous fat but there's not a huge amount of subcutaneous fat on the calves so i don't do it could it be done yes i don't do it though um what's your question remove excess skin from the calves well that would cause a scar i've never seen anyone with excess skin on their calves chrissy now so never say never if someone had a particular problem or had a localized fullness around their calves you could consider it but as a general rule um it's a it's a no from me uh, Julie is also a scouser. Um, Chrissy, 200 pounds loss. So legs are saggy. The skin at the back is terrible. Thigh lift plan, but it won't help lowers. Yes, correct. What I would say to you, Chrissy, is fantastic work on the th on the weight loss. And there are some sort of big ticket areas where you get r results with after a massive weight loss. 
your breasts, your tummy, your arms, your thighs, your face. Those are the big ticket items. Calves are not a big ticket item because there's the, the, the if you are going to remove skin, it's going to be unsightly scarring, um, risk of complications. And so that would need to be more considered. It's not a common area to be treated after massive weight loss. The other areas are. So it might be you have to either accept it or if you've got a significant problem, you might find someone who can tighten the skin as long as you're happy to accept the scar. The problem is scars in those areas are going to be quite obvious. You might say, I hate showing my calves in public. We give these big scars. You might hate showing your, scar, your calves in public still. That's why when it comes to looking at what's common, it's tummy tucks, breast lifts, face lifts, basically. Those are the common ones because we can hide those scars. You know, arm and thigh, not so common because the scars can't be hidden so well. And calves, even worse in terms of hiding the scars. Um, thank you. That's really helpful. I have it on one side, but that's great to know. It could be removed at the same time. Yes, it could. Um, that was an accessory breast tissue question there. Um, does every implant replacement need removal of the capsule? Good question. Good question. No is the answer. It doesn't. So... Um, the capsule is basically scar tissue around the implant and uh, in itself is not a problem. So if you, so the areas when you wouldn't remove the capsule, so the main area would be if you're just having your implants removed and not replaced, um, I would leave the capsule because if you do stuff to the capsule, if you remove the capsule, there are two problems. Number one, you create bleeding. So there's a risk of hematoma because you have to cut the capsule out. It's adherent to the breast tissue. And number two, much as we'd like to stay on that capsule, we do inevitably end up removing a little bit of breast tissue when we're removing the capsule. So there will be some breast tissue removed if you're removing the capsule. So for those two reasons, if you can leave the capsule, then I would. The And if you're certainly if you're removing them and not replacing them, then I would. Earlier on, someone was asking about ALCL. If you're worried about ALCL, that's a very rare cancer associated with the capsule, then you would remove the capsule. But in a normal capsule, which has got no sinister features and is soft and got no problems, I would leave it. Um, having said that, if you're putting another implant in, then you might need to do stuff to the capsule in order to expand the pocket, particularly if you're putting a bigger implant in uh, to accommodate the, uh, the implant. And over time, what capsules tend to do is they tend to contract down around the implant. So you, know, you might need to replace it a bit. So that would be called a capsulotomy. So that means just basically scoring the capsule. You, you do a circumferential capsulotomy and then a checkerboard capsulotomy to let it expand around the, the implant. Um, it does have a risk of bleeding because you are cutting through the capsule, but less so than when you're removing the capsule. If you've got a problem with the capsule, if the capsule is hard, then I would do a capsulectomy. Then I would remove the capsule if the capsule is hard. And the other way, the other time I would remove the capsule if you're changing, particularly from silicone to polyurethane implants, you want to put the, the implants in a fresh plane without a capsule around them. So I would do a capsulectomy in those circumstances too. So I would only remove the capsule if there's a problem or if I was moving from silicone to polyurethane implants, then I would do a total capsulectomy. Otherwise, I would either do a limited capsulectomy, just take a part of it off, or just do a capsulotomy, checkerboard it to, to accommodate the new implant. But if I'm not putting the implant in at all, I do nothing to the implant and I'll just, uh, nothing to the capsule and just put new, take the implant out and, um, and leave the capsule there. But all of this would be done with discussion with the patient because some people are worried about stuff, breast implant illness, uh, ALCL, both of which people feel comes from the implant and the capsule. And so some people want a capsulectomy 
even if they're having the implant removed, and that's fine. You can do that. But you have to say there's an increased risk of hematoma, and I will take a little bit of breast tissue away inevitably. And uh, if you're happy with that, then fine, you can do that. Do we offer punch excision for mole removal? Well, no, we don't, simply because we haven't got punch biopsies. Punch biopsies is a circular blade, circular knife that you punch it out. But the reason I haven't bought any for my clinic is because you can do the same. We've got these very, very fine blades. It's an 11 blade. It's got a very fine point. And you can cut uh, a, a little circle out, cut a little mole out with that blade, fine. So you don't need a punch biopsy. But specifically, a punch biopsy is a, is a circular tool that you use. Um, but we haven't got any. Dermatologists seem to use it a lot. I've just never really used it in my life. If I was wanted to biopsy a mole, I would cut a little circle out with a blade. But uh, I think some of the other doctors at the clinic might want to do punch biopsies, in which case that we can get some punch biopsies in. You can get, probably buy them from Amazon and all you know, the medical suppliers and get them in if someone wanted a punch biopsy. But I haven't found the need for it this far in my life. But uh, that's just me. Um, what we've got, I had my mole with you guys and love the results. Look at that, Mimi H. And you still hear this late in the night, Mimi H. I don't know, it's still always going to be going on about this one. Thank you. Thank you. That's kind of you to say. Very kind of you to say. Much appreciated. Um, why is it important if you have an infected cyst to wait until the skin is fully healed? Um, it's not necessarily the skin is fully healed. You want the infection to be gone. You don't want to do a surgical procedure in the, in the, um, in the presence of infection. Mainly because the when you cut it out and you leave a scar if you're removing a cyst you want the scar to be as good as possible and if it's infected the scar is going to get infected sure as eggs is eggs and it's not going to give you a good scar um another reason to not remove a cyst when it's infected is because the local anesthetic doesn't work and it's just terrible trying to do put local anesthetic in infected areas it doesn't work it's very uncomfortable and it's a horrible thing to do to operate in an infected environment so you you ideally don't want to do an operation in infected thing so if someone's got infected oh, look, someone's phoning me. um sorry got a call coming in there um so ideal oh god what's going on ideally if you have a um oh, oh me if you have a, uh, an infection, then you wouldn't do surgery on someone and you'd wait for that infection to, re to resolve. So if you have an infected cyst, you don't really want to be seeing a plastic surgeon, go to your GP, get some antibiotics. You might need to have it sort of lanced or you know opened up and let the, if, you, if it forms an abscess and all the pus comes out and it's all horrible, um, again, that wouldn't be a plastic surgeon, that'd be a general surgeon or your GP might be able to do that. Um, but once it's all, the infection's all gone, then, you know, the, the, the cyst will probably come back. But when the cyst comes back and it's all quiet and healed, that is the time we would we would remove it um, for you. Um, all of this information is very useful. Thank you. I'm glad I tuned in. I've lost 70 pounds over the last year and I intend to use more first for surgery. What's the ideal BMI for a tummy tuck? We do it with you, uh, MVJ. So um, work with you. If you're asking the question, the, the number that's usually um, stated is 30, BMI of 30 is sort of where it's, they've done studies and they say if your BMI is above 30, you've got a higher risk of complication than if your BMI is below 30, but nothing magical happens at 30. Um, the main thing is you need to be comfortable and stable with your weight. If you're not comfortable and stable with your weight, 
you need to get comfortable and stable weight before you have surgery. So even if you've been BMI below 30 and you want to lose weight, then I would say lose weight first. If you're sorry, if you're um, then I would say lose weight first. If you're and similarly, sometimes people have got BMIs above 30 and uh, they can't lose any more weight and they don't want to lose any more weight. And so we have a discussion and say, look, you've got a higher risk of complications, um, but you might do the surgery still. Um, sorry, Instagram's all funny because I keep on getting a call. Um, I'm, com I'm coming to see you in a few weeks. I can't wait. It's been nine years since my op, but after a pregnancy, big weight gain, I need to do it again. Brilliant. Super Lucy Grice, can't wait to see you. So uh, looking forward to that. Nine years since my op, but yeah, we're happy to see you. Always happy to see past patients. Um, Instagram's going a bit funny. Looks like I better answer my call. Um, so without further ado, I think I better leave now and answer my phone. Um, and I think I'll see you next week. I don't know what I'm doing next week on a daily basis, but I think I'll see you next week, uh, God willing. And I might be back at base next week. Who knows? Uh, or I hope I won't still be on location. I should be back at base. So see you then. Thank you. Sorry about the dodginess at the beginning of Facebook, but I will catch up with you next week. And uh, hopefully it won't be quite so um, sporadic with the Internet. Stop the stream. Thank you, Instagram, for being there for me. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.